in this week's episode, we're actually talking about comics. I know, I'm surprised too. But there's some really fun and some pretty dark indie books this week that we're very excited to share with you. Welcome back, fam. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to real, wholesome, comic <laughs> reviewing, us talking stupid nonsense, Cover B. Yeah, this is old school, back to basics, Cover B. T and Chris talking about the, the vacation is over folks we're it's here true. to talk to you about some books and we had some cool books come out this week so we'll go ahead and dive in uh the first one we wanted to talk about is called killer queens yes killer queens number one uh this is written by our homie david m boer uh we love you david canto is amazing um with art by claudia balboni this book focuses on two x hit people um who also happen to be of the LGBT community and uh, their exploits as they do fun space things. Oh, it's set in space. Yeah. I guess I should have. <laughs> two, <laughs> two former, I really buried the lead. Two former space people living out their LGBTQ romances and running from angry monkey crime bosses yeah what'd you think i thought it was great i thought yeah. it was really really fun the art has like a very retro vibe to it it feels very like spaceman of the 21st century mm -hmm. type of feel to it um it makes fun of one of the most annoying things that i find in comics and i felt it was really incredibly well done there's a moment where they actively break the fourth wall and talk <laughs> snap about mm -hmm. building exposition and i was like this is the most yeah. clever thing i it, they were actively doing the like nonsensical like, in yeah. in con like in text in dialogue exposition explanation but also making fun of themselves and yeah. so i was like i'm fully i'm totally okay with this. they're like <laughs> oh so is this the part where we talk out loud about things we both know to develop some sort of sense of exposition and set up the story i was like that's <laughs> amazing i feel nice. like i felt almost like talk to i was like they're looking yeah. at me right now but the characters are fun and believable, honestly, and they don't feel, you know, sometimes when you're building characters who are part of a marginalized group, sometimes they can get tokenish, mm -hmm. and they don't feel particularly tokenish. They just feel like people, like they feel like friends that I have, and they're goobery and silly, and the monkey villain is amazing, and it just feels fun and lighthearted and that it doesn't take itself too seriously and i just really appreciate that yeah yeah that's something i wanted to hit on is a lot of times when you're telling stories of somebody of a specific background and you want you want it to become clear that they're of this background you can fall into and this is just a known this isn't me lecturing because i'm some god of storytelling i'm not this is just <laughs> something that i've heard from people I've heard people talk about there's endless discussions about this nature of you can either overdo or underdo it. Yep. And it's very hard to find that middle line. And Hollywood is a good example of the overdue. When they want to have a gay character, it's like he's going to tell you he's gay at every point in time. His identity is not 
not much past him being gay. He's defined by the gayness. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of how it is. That's just how a lot of Hollywood writers feel about it. And it sucks. And then there's the other end where it could be like you could pitch this as a, you know, as a gay product, as an LGBTQ forward product. And then not have enough representation in there or not really build enough of a good character that fits in that world that the people that you want to be able to relate to the story still kind of have a hard time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Marvel's a good example of that. They're like, they're doing a little bit better, especially in their X books that I've been reading. But historically, they'll have somebody be like, yes, I am the gay. And then they'll be like, look, this is the boyfriend quick kiss and then never again never talked you know about I mean? again and then it's gone yeah and it's like it's cool but they're you know they're no <laughs> they're no different than the hetero characters now so it's 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 a delicate balance especially i think it's especially hard with you know lgbtq subjects because it, it's not as out in the open mm-hmm. you know if you're talking about somebody from a certain culture it's a little bit easier to whether you represent it through you know, their garb or you represent it through their dialogue or references that they make in their speech patterns and stuff like that. It's sometimes a little bit easier yeah, um, to have them fit without being, it, you still can run into that. Yeah. Um, I've read plenty of things where it's like, we want to give respect to indigenous peoples and it ends up being a little bit racist. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that happens all the time too, but it's, with LGBTQ stuff, it's it's internalized. It's this character's perspective of the world. Yeah. Is what you need to try to get across. That said, David M. Boer, great job. This yeah. is fantastic. These characters are... This is... And I say this in the best of ways as two people who both belong on this spectrum. This is a gay book. Yeah. It's Absolutely. gay. Absolutely. It feels gay. It's wonderfully gay. Uh, but the characters aren't defined by their gayness. No. They, they have character and personality outside of and just depth. like, and depth outside of just like, look, they're gay. This one's gay. He made a gay joke. Tee hee. Uh, yeah. which is incredible, which is good. That's exactly. how it needs to be done. So they're relatable for people while not being too forced or too cliche or token. Like yeah. you said. Uh, and I think that's wonderful. And then just in general, the characters are great. You kind of, you get them right away, like right away. Yeah. Like the character development is fast. You just get them and they're fun characters and it's a fun story. Like, I, I think this is going to be in, like you said, it's got like a real retro vibe to it. Like yeah. the sci-fi elements are really like grounded in the like. 1960s type view like very tongue-in-cheek jetson type yeah you you wouldn't be surprised to see somebody with like rings on their shoulders and like a spaceship that has like that pointy thing with the ball on the end space guns that are like those old school like weird laser yeah yeah yeah. so it's like simultaneously modern but it it has this like kind of root in this this uh old school imagery and it's just really really cool and one of the things too that I wanted to bring this up briefly just because it made me laugh really hard is that they do the thing that we all do when you're playing like a tabletop game and you want to bring modern convenience into an environment or into a scenario where it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like for instance, they introduced like interplanetary grinder mm-hmm. and it's like, they didn't change the name or do something <laughs> yeah. clever with it. They're just the like space grinder. Space Here grinder. you go. And yeah. it's, and it's so funny because it makes me feel like when I'm like, 
playing a Star Wars game, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I want to use Space Google. <laughs> like, yeah. you're I would like, like to look on the space internet. Yeah, like, um, how do I do this? Yeah, and it, it and just felt really, like, it felt very connected to me, because I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and one thing, too, that I wanted to put out there that I thought was impressive, um, and is subtle, and probably flies under the radar for a lot of people, a lot of books that tend to be about sexual identity are very sexual, or very adult. Yeah. You know, there'll be F-bombs everywhere, there'll be boobs on some pages maybe a <laughs> yeah. dong depending on who the producer of the comic is this didn't have this this yeah. was easily like a rated t book this is something you could share with a young adult there is like heavy petting and there's like implication comic of... mischief and yeah the implication of stuff but nothing really goes down on the page no and the language is really moderate you see some bare men's chests, and that's about it. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really impressive, because like I said, a lot of books that tend to be about, you know, pretty much everything in this book tend to be about, like, ex-cons or ex-hitmans, or a lot of sci-fi books lately, yep. I've noticed, are really, like... Thank you, Saga. Yeah. <laughs> really just, like, that's bare all. And then a lot of books that are about characters with a specific sexual identity or representing characters of certain sexual identities tend to be very gratuitous at times. Yeah. It's just, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's just the writers chose that. And I'm not saying those are all bad. I just thought it was impressive that we had one that's a bit more open and universal. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, Bura said many times, or at least I've seen on Twitter him talking about uh, after constructing Canto, how the world needs more like YA comics and yeah. more kids comics that are not just like adaptations and stuff. So he's always had, and I'm speaking for him here, but I feel like he's always had this kind of idea of making stories universal. Which you is know, awesome. Because he created Kanto, which is in and of itself a kid or potentially YA. Um, it's it's a young reader's book. Yeah. Um, but I love it. It's oh great. yeah, kids it's is a amazing. great story. And I wouldn't and necessarily recommend this book for like a young person. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend this book like, for like a nine year old. There's but nothing in this book that's any worse than anything you're gonna see on the CW. Yeah, if somebody. <laughs> Some 12 or 13 year old who's, you know, struggling with identity or maybe not struggling, just wants more representation and is being maybe a little bit limited in what they're allowed to get. Here this you go. Bad at you all. know what I mean? Yeah. This is a, it's a fun read. Yeah. So props. Uh, next up, I wanted to talk about a book that I'm very excited about. Um, Eat the Rich, number one. <laughs> I was, ever since I saw the title, I was excited about it. Uh, <laughs> talking to you, Bezos. Anyway, uh, written by Sarah Haley and with art by P.S. Bach. Uh, this is a book that features a young woman uh, going out to some sort of insert rich white people place here. Um, it's a Hamptons-esque type place where, you know, there's tons of rich people everywhere. They have soirees and peer parties i think they call them um and she's going to meet her boyfriend's parents who are rich he's rich he's getting into law she's getting into law she's excited because getting into this world will help her navigate law firms better yep but she is stupid nervous um he is also stupid nervous but kind of just dives into it and for the very first part of the book it's just her navigating 
the weird idiosyncrasies of rich people life being yeah. told by the help don't don't help the help being having to accept this term the help first of all yeah um being told by your boyfriend don't fraternize with the help and stuff like this and having to accept that that's part of this world you know while also dealing with what do i wear to this how do i look right now what do i you know yeah. what do they think of me if i you know at one point her boyfriend says something like oh dad she's not that type of girl she'll take a vodka seltzer and she's like not that type of girl ah. Uh, anyway, a mystery slowly builds yep. as we head towards the retirement party for the family's groundskeeper. Um, and then everything goes south yep. and we find out the dark, dirty secret of these rich people uh, in a very Get Out-esque yeah. type of fashion. Absolutely. Uh, T, what do you think? I thought this book was awesome. I love the concept. I think it's fun. I think it's very appropriate and timely. Um, I like the character development, even to the point where there's like multiple layers of people we're having developed mm -hmm. without having to be too far in their heads and their dialogue. Like we understand the older rich population that are like the elite of this scenario. We understand Aster, the, the boyfriend and his kind of generation of people and what they're going through. We understand Aster or our lead character's perspective. We understand more about the help, quote unquote, yeah. and a character introduced Pearl. Like it's just, it's really cool. Like you're, you're very deep within all of these different people. And as the story builds, you kind of understand where all these pieces fit together. And it's, it's just, it's, it's not a particularly like, revolutionary story i don't think but that doesn't mean that it's not fully appropriate and necessary for the current time mm. the only thing that was a little off for me is that like everyone stammers in this book <laughs> yeah i thought I, that was okay. a little weird i was like why is everyone stammering all the time <laughs> i noticed that and i'll be i'll be perfectly honest with you i noticed that too um it stuck out to me, but it didn't bother me that much, and I have a weird confession as to why. Okay. And this is totally a plug for a future project, but I was also playing an adult visual novel at the time that I read this, and in that visual novel, everyone stammers. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so I, I do remember- And I actually remember, think another I, book that we're going to be talking about, the next one that we're going to talk about, did the same thing, maybe even more so. Maybe, It yeah. was just like- there yeah. was a lot of stammering did, in the I books did notice, tonight, and I, I was did like, notice wow. that in these in these books." It's and a hey, trend. Keep, <laughs> keep an eye out for that project. It's, it's undefined right now. It might happen at some point, but if you're if you're tantalized, listen to Cover B to find out more. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there was just the books we read tonight. There was like a lot of stammering, and I was there like, was. "That's an yeah. interesting choice that's happening in dialogue recently." And I don't. I wonder if things like visual novels are spilling into comics, and that type of writing is Maybe. kind of like yeah, yeah. blending together because it, be. it is a similar audience. You it's, know what I mean? Uh, I feel like the stammer uh, as like a dialogue choice is a very heavily manga thing. Like I feel like I've yes. read a lot of mangas that do that. Yes, and you can know, confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese literature and animation really both um, have a lot of, they put a lot of weight onto mouth noises as opposed to just, this is something I've always noticed yeah. and like I've wanted to do a deep dive into but never have. But, um, you know, you have like 
Japanese video games, Japanese uh, animes, you have manga that actually have entire panels if it's a manga or just entire like like brief glimpses or something of characters just being like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And huh? you don't <laughs> see that as much in western video games, animation and comics. Um but you are starting to see it more and more now especially yeah. on the indie scene. Um and it's always been there. I mean there's always been characters stammering, but it is being a little bit more I don't know. It would be interesting, like I said, to do a deep dive of seeing, like, if it is expanding in yeah. Western stuff yeah. as people ingest more and more of this, you know, because you got to wonder how many of these comic writers grew up watching anime and reading manga and playing <laughs> playing Final Fantasy games and reading manga and seeing these characters have these emotive non-word moments. Yeah. And thinking like, okay, that's a cool way of showing that's this. That's how you articulate you don't, you this You don't feeling. watch the 24 and have a moment where Jack Bauer's like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, there might be a moment where it's a shot of him where he doesn't say anything, but there's not that kind of like expressive emotive thing. Yeah. Um, it's different, you know? It's like a societal difference. So I can, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I yeah. can totally see that being something that's kind of like drafting it's over leaking into as, uh, to our behavior you know, and i people. think that's kind of cool yeah and i'm not again i'm not saying it's like entirely new to comics but no but i definitely i i can definitively say that recently i've seen it utilized much more than i have in the past yeah uh this book does a great job building the mystery and tension um some books that kind of end with the real thrust of the book are a bit they don't they don't do a good job hooking you know what i mean like i've talked about that a lot with aftershock books for some reason aftershock books do that a lot um where they'll just kind of like here's the thing and then it's like close and it's like you better pick up issue number two to find out what happened but they didn't do a real good job kind of like one that comes to mind is knock em dead the one that's about like two comedians die in a car accident and then end up existing in the same body mm, and ghost mm -hmm. comedian is going to help this comedian become the best comedian but none of that happens in issue one yeah the issue ends with this car accident and the dude waking up in the hospital yep. that's it we don't find out there's a ghost in him yet you know <laughs> yeah. so and there wasn't like a lot of like clues along the way of that there's no hook so it yeah it was a very like if you think of hook as like a 180 degree angle this was like a 90 degree hook. Yeah. You know what I mean? The hook was there-ish. And if you got it in in the right way, it might work. But it's not very effective. This does a really good job of hooking. Yes. It's got interesting characters. It's got a very relatable situation. You know, unless you're born, raised, lived in a small town and everyone's knew each other always and everyone has similar world experiences. Going to meet somebody's world is scary. Yes. The first time you get with somebody that you love... And you go and you say, I'm from this world, but I'm going into your world. You're literally taking a step into someone else's experience. Yep. You know, and that's the, that's a big part of any relationship. And a lot of people have experienced that. And it puts a lot of expectation of trust because you're effectively going in relying on your significant other to mm -hmm. take care of you and protect you Especially from the if it's a, an extended stay kind of thing, because everybody, you know, I tell this to a lot of people that are like talking to me about new relationships and stuff. And I was actually, we were at a wedding and I wasn't talking to the people getting married, but I was talking to somebody else about this. Like the thing you have to understand is that everybody sleeps different. 
Yeah. Everybody gets dressed in the morning different. Yeah. Everybody has a different expectation about how to approach breakfast. Everybody brushes their teeth different and puts their toothbrush in a different place. Yeah. And like it's those subtle things that if you're just dating somebody, you don't always get those. Yeah. So it's like going for like an extended stay at someone's family means that anything you're comfortable with, all the way down to your sleeping arrangements, all the way down to when's the appropriate time to take a shower, all of that stuff could be shaken up. And uh -huh. that's scary. And yeah. So it's a very relatable situation. We've got a very relatable character who's just trying to like be good and be there for her boyfriend while also like trying to learn a bit and expand her own perspective on life. And then you just have all this mystery, these weird, subtle mysteries that get introduced as time goes by. Um, the family, the mom and dad are nice, but weirdly creepy. And I, you know, I mentioned get out before, but if you like to get out, this is a good one. It doesn't yeah. have the racial undertones necessarily right now. Um, I'm sure that will play a factor because there's definitely, I mean, it's titled Eat the Rich. It's going to be about wage gap. Yeah, <laughs> it's know definitely I mean? a, a much heavier focus on like the disparity. More of the, wealth, yeah, but... the economic societal part of it. Yeah. Um, but it uh, really strongly has those vibes. It feels like a real good, like, it feels like a Hulu original movie. You yes, know what it I does. Mean? It feels like yes, an Into does. the Dark movie. 100%. You know? uh, but it's good hooked me right away i'm very excited to keep reading this one so same all right lastly we're going to talk about a one shot it's magazine sized aftershock one shot i love when they do those uh this is called god of trimmers uh it is written by peter milligan uh with art by piotr kowalski so it's pete and pete um <laughs> this is a book about a young boy in england or was it america England. I think England. I think it was England. Little, a young boy in England. I'm pretty sure it was England because they talk about Protestant sensibilities. Yeah. In the 1800s. Right? Yes. Late, yes. Late 1800s. 19th century. Yep. Um, who is struggling with epilepsy, which I thought was interesting. And his struggles having a father who is a uh, priest or a parishioner or a vicar. I don't know what his actual father there's too many different a father a father who's a father um <laughs> absolutely misunderstanding what his epilepsy is uh and he finds solace and support in the uh strangest of places yes we'll say t what do you think i thought this book was good the what i will say is that the amount of rage I felt in the middle of the book was not necessarily 100% extinguished by the resolution at the end of the book. I wanted more. <laughs> I want more vengeance. Um, <laughs> I, I want, like, I want people punished, and I want them all punished, and I want them punished good, more punished, more punished. Yeah. But, Aside from that, I thought it was really cool. I thought the use of epilepsy was a really cool trend. You know, it's honestly, it was nice to not just read another book about LGBTQ being persecuted. And yeah. I was a little worried that that's where it was leading in the beginning. Yeah. And then it changed the other direction. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, I can't be mad about that again today. I need a break. Um, but it, it was an interesting way to go about it. Um, I liked... Um, 
the kind of depiction the mom is a different you know doesn't necessarily agree with the father in the way they're handling the epilepsy Mm -hmm. and i thought that was really great and i really appreciated that and then actually i don't want to spoil it for anyone else but on the very last page they do something and i don't entirely know how i'm going to talk about it without spoiling it but it was probably the highlight of the book for me is that there's an air of unsureness throughout the entirety of the book you are questioning faith you are questioning mm-hmm. realism mm-hmm. you are questioning science, science. Yep. you are questioning the validity of a lot of different things in this book mm-hmm. from start to finish and it is not until the literal last page that there is confirmation of something and it's done in such a very startling clever way that it you know i was kind of like this book was good until the last page when I was like, oh, damn, that was smart. (laughs) I was like, oh, that was clever. I like how they did that. And it's a, it's not something you see often in books. You don't see the tool that they use used as like a narrative, uh, 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 structure system. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was a really cool thing. So even if you read this book and you're like, okay get to the end because then you're like oh snap <laughs> yeah i uh will warn you this is a bleak book yes it is not a fun time happy romp no it's um, a it hurts a little bit it is cool like you said to see uh a book that does discuss epilepsy to some degree yeah um i actually this a lot of the scenes hit me pretty hard i had a friend in high school who was epileptic very severely um, he was, I played tennis with him. Oh. Um, and it actually eventually led to his death. It oh, actually no. killed him. Um, due oh, to so brain related trauma and stuff, I believe. I don't know the exact cause of death, but I know it was related to his epilepsy. But there was one time we were doing a tennis match and he had a very severe uh, seizure and it was terrifying. And this book does a good job of portraying what that's like. And, um, it's not epilepsy is not a condition that is talked about a lot and we're not often made to really like have pathos for people that are having to suffer through this particularly people that did so during a time when the the you know field of medicine was not caught up to where it is today right. by all means um but like i said this is a bleak book it's about sexual repression it's about misogyny and repressive religion uh it is rough it's a rough read but it does have a nice payout it is a very compelling story uh you do very much feel for the character it's nice that the character himself uh that the main character himself is not alone in this world so many times when you have stories like this it tends to be everybody against him and he's just searching and his only respite is the sort of metaphysical thing he comes upon but having his mom there kind of in his corner uh really helps the story carry on without being too overly focused on just bleakness um it's cool and it's a one shot it's a nice big magazine prestige format one shot uh it's very pretty too it is i, pretty I like the yeah. str- like the design of it is very it it kind of has almost like a little hint of that old school um like children's book mm-hmm. type imagery like um 
like very like stark like a black and white like very illustrated type feel almost kind of like um i don't know if anybody else read this but i had this book when i was very very little it was one of the first books i ever learned to read by myself and it was called like the bit the big red house and it was effectively just a children's novel but it had like certain pages of illustrations that very like old school winnie the pooh esque type vibe i kind of mm. got some of that like obviously this is full on yeah. illustrated and there's color and everything but like it kind of has that that relationship to it which helps to kind of build on that question of like what's real what's not that mm-hmm. you get throughout the book yeah. and i think that's really cool exactly so definitely worth picking up really good read yes i hope aftershock keeps doing these they're fantastic me too and it was nice to see one that not not saying there's anything <laughs> wrong with him but seeing one that wasn't cullen that bun was i was cullen like bun, i yeah. just assumed when you handed me this big book that it was cullen and then i looked at the front i was like oh, oh peter milligan who is oh okay <laughs> then um, but yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. That is it. We are back. Season two has kicked up. Yeah. Uh, you can <laughs> expect many, many more great things from us, um, both on here and other projects. Yeah. Going forward. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll plug whenever I get a chance. Uh, if you want to see all our or listen to all our old episodes, you can find them at CoverBPodcast.com. You can also find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, all the goods. And Instagram. And Instagram. You did, you did that whole thing in wrong Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, no, Facebook, uh, TikTok. You can find us there. MySpace. Uh, Snapchat. Only fans. Uh, we don't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Yay. Anyway, we will catch you back here for another episode of, of Cover, Cover Beat.